What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fitness for Thought. Today, French and I are going to be doing a Q&A. So we sent out a few questions to you guys on Instagram, and we got some good ones to talk about, um, some fitness-related, some not, so that should keep it interesting. But I figure we'd just hop right into it. French, you want to start? Yes, I do. So our my first question Cooksley over at the Cooksley Convo. And his question was, if you were on death row, what would your last meal and interesting question. I've heard a lot about the, the final meal on death row. Not sure. Didn't know that they gave you a, a final workout. Did what would that be? Um you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. My last meal would probably be, oh gosh, I might have to go with like wing, like B-dubs wings. Oh my gosh, this guy. Maybe some, <laughs> um, not sure. Maybe a burger. I'd probably just get all my favorite foods, honestly. And then... No onions. Dessert, big glass of milk. <laughs> um, I don't want my last workout routine. I'd probably just bang arms. That's, I don't know. That's... Honestly, I'd probably do like a full body workout. I'd request like three hours in the gym. And that's like, well, I may as well yeah. get electrocuted. That's fair enough. I would say I would probably eat request lasagna because that's definitely my favorite food. And then <clears throat> probably <laughs> like cheesecake for dessert. And then I'd probably do a full body workout too. I'd probably do a full body workout too because um, then I could squat <clears throat> but also like hit upper body so I could get a pump. Um, yeah, that's definitely what I would do. Kind of like good. Sit on that electric chair. Exactly. All right. Um, so All right. I also had two, I had two questions from Canyon. So shout out to Canyon over there. If you guys haven't checked out the wow, Cooksley combo, you're neglecting me. <laughs> if you haven't checked out the Cooksley combo, definitely go check it out. He has on some great guests, great podcast, um, so definitely go check that out. But he asked me, would you rather squat six plates or bench six plates? And I kind of, you know, I kind of thought about this one. I thought it was obvious at first, but um, after thinking about it, it's a little more complica- complicated, but I would definitely bench six plates because if you can bench six plates, I feel like it's a lot more impressive than squatting six plates, and hopefully... If you're benching six plates, then that means you're squatting, you know, more than six plates. Um, Because, I mean, a 585 squat is pretty impressive, but a 585 bench is, like, ridiculous. So I would probably say bench six plates. What about you, French? Yeah, I would. that's kind of what my thought process is also, like, I don't think you're. I don't think you're gonna bench six plates unless you can squat 
at least like seven or eight plates. So yeah, I'm not really sure how my body would respond to that. Rip your peck off, but yeah. Yeah. yeah you're badass if you can do that. All right, so. You can go ahead. Sorry, there's a little lag right now. So <clears throat> you can just read one and then. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, it's fine. We can cut it or not. It's okay. you know how we do things around so, here. Yeah. We do one take around these parts. First okay, take, so Drake. A question from Lance Miller. Appreciate you submitting a question, Lance. Um, he said, best ways to stop plateauing? That's a really good question. Um, Nolan, I feel like this is kind of your area of expertise as of now, so I'm going to let you start off with this one. Yeah, so plateauing, you know, everybody runs into it. <clears throat> a lot of times people hit that initial phase where they're getting those newbie gains and they are just seeing PRs left and right. And, you know, that can last different lengths for some people. And also if you're lifting, depending on your age, maybe you're lifting during high school, you're probably, your body's probably growing during that time. So you're going to be seeing progress just from getting bigger already. So a lot of times people don't experience their plateau until, you know, a few years down the line. So when they do experience that it can be really discouraging. But for me, Having trained for, oh, I guess, I mean, seven years now, I've ran into a few plateaus, um, some bigger than others. I remember when I first hit a plateau and it just felt like I couldn't put any more weight on the bar no matter what. And, you know, some people just give up when that happens. But really what you need to look at is, it, it, it's a combination of a lot of things, but um, the first thing I, I would look at is your programming. So depending on uh, what your program is, if you've been doing that same program for X amount of time, like let's say you've been lifting for three years and you've been seeing steady progress for the most part, you know, it might be time for you to start throwing in uh, some different training because <clears throat> although most training, um, you know, if you're consistent with it, you'll see progress. Sometimes you can't, it can get a little stale. And then, you know, even if let's say the programming is good, um, you can just become non, you can become, you can get to the point where you're not enthusiastic about it and then you're not putting effort in. Um, so you have to look and see if your programming is effect effective. And then that, then if that's, you know, going well, then I would look at, your nutrition and your sleep because a lot of times people aren't eating or sleeping enough and then you know they're not able to put on quality muscle and then therefore they're not able to get stronger so i would look at your nutrition and your sleep and try to optimize that of course that's a that's something that everybody wants to optimize no matter how far they are into their training but it does play a big factor i know when i look back to when I hit some a plateau in high school, I just feel like I was totally not recovering. So, you know, I would get six hours of sleep a night. And because I was playing sports all the time, I really wasn't eating enough. So that's 
probably a big factor in why I was plateauing. Um, and then, so if you look at your programming and you think your programming's good, you know, it's, it's, it's a good program. Um, and you don't really need to do any changes to that. I would look at your sleep and nutrition. And if those are on point for the most part, um, then I would start looking at some different ways, some different variation to add into your training. So for example, for me, when I, <clears throat> I have been training powerlifting for probably seriously the past two years and for some lifts, I hit some, some strength plateaus and it could have been because of my programming because my programming wasn't a hundred, a hundred percent great, but also, um, you know, I have a lot of, of lean body mass. So, um, I needed, I was just stuck at the same weight for a long time. So what I decided to do was switch to bodybuilding, kind of give my body a break from, from constantly lifting heavy. And I also put on about 10 pounds of muscle. And then when I went back to powerlifting, now I'm starting to realize some of those strength gains, um, from gaining that weight and taking some time off. So doing things like that can kind of help you break through a plateau, but really one, one other thing I would recommend is not necessarily just, you know, some people just stick with the program. Um, and then when immediately when it stops working, they just completely switch to a different program. I would stay with a program for, you know, at least a couple months before you start dropping it. Because if you're constantly changing programs, then you're not going to be able to have, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like doing a science experiment. If you're changing more than one variable, you're not going to know what is causing the effect to happen. So you have to be consistent with your training, be consistent with your recovery, meaning your nutrition and your sleep. And if things still aren't going well, I would look at your programming and start throwing in some variation. So, you know, for example, if your deadlift really just isn't going up and maybe you know that you're weak off the off the bottom um just the initial pull then maybe you should do some uh box deadlifts or some you know some deficit deadlifts uh you know you can throw in different variation to lifts to kind of work on your weak points and identifying weak points is going to be a big thing so you know i know this was kind of a huge ramble but Basically, to summarize and kind of make it so that I'm not, it's not all over the place, I would just say make sure your training and recovery is on point. That alone is difficult for a lot of people. So you really have to make sure you can't just be sleeping five hours a night and not eating anything and be expecting to, to progress. So try and stay consistent with that. You know, seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night, drink plenty of water and follow your program. And if it's still not working, you're really stuck at a plateau, then start changing up your programming, um, figuring out what your weak point is, and then go from there. Because I know I've had a lot of, of my main lifts where um, as soon as I started working on, on a certain thing, they jumped by 20, 25 pounds, you know, especially with deadlift for me, there's so many cues with deadlift that as soon as I, learn how to do one better 
and then I put it together with all my other cues, it's almost like 20 pounds on my deadlift just like that. Bench, for example, as soon as I learned how to properly use leg drive, my bench went up like 15 pounds, which for bench is a lot. So little stuff like that, um, you know, always make sure that you're trying to perfect your form. Obviously, the better your form gets, even in the short term, it could cause you to maybe get a little bit weaker. Let's say you are cutting your squats short on depth all the time, um, which allows you to squat heavier. You know, fixing your form on that and actually going to depth might cause your squat to go down in weight a, a little bit at first, but eventually it's going to pay off. Um, you know, you're going to grow more muscle and you're actually going to be taking the movement through a full range of motion. So, you know, figure out your training and your recovery, make sure those are on point, work on form, and then you can kind of get into um, some programming side of things and, and kind of get more in depth in that, start working on weak points, start working on variations. Um, and then all of that, there's, there's a lot of, of, of nuance to that. You know, there's so many different programming things you can do. And obviously if you have a more specific question, you can ask either of us, but that's what I would say for now, just try and optimize that training and recovery, um, before you start really jumping around to a bunch of different programs. So. Yeah, very well said. Um, I guess my simpleton answer would just be like, take a look at everything, assess, you know, all the variables, but don't change. And then don't change all of them at once. Maybe change one or two at a time because maybe there's just one thing that you're lacking and you change that one thing and it makes all the difference in the world. I would, like Nolan said, I'd first look at nutrition and sleep. You could probably change those um, at the same time, but I wouldn't, you know, start getting all this sleep, change my nutrition, get on a new program, start adding all these crazy variations. Like I would start with sleep and nutrition, then, you know, wait maybe a week or two. Then if it's still, if you're still plateauing, then maybe assess your program, see if you need to kind of, uh, mess around with that. Maybe you need to try different rep ranges. I know I had a plateau in bench for a while and I just started doing like a lot more lower reps. Like I've started doing a lot more five by fives and that really helped my bench by the end of, um, by the end I was doing like, I think I did like a five or 285, which was like an all time PR. So that really helped for me. Maybe you need to go higher reps, lower reps. Maybe you need to try some supersets or drop sets, you know, special, special techniques like that. Or here's one that I don't think gets talked about a whole lot is maybe you just need to take a break. Sometimes, you know, you can just work a muscle constantly, you know, consistently for months and months and months. And maybe if you just took like a week or two and just say your bench is stuck, you just don't do chest for like one or two weeks and kind of build back into it. You kind of get to re, you know, your mus muscles get kind of refreshed. And sometimes that, Sometimes I notice like when I go on vacation or I take like a little bit of time off from the gym, like at first, you know, you're kind of like weak because you haven't been in the gym for a while. But then, you know, after you get past that first like week back, getting back in the kind of groove of things, it's kind of like, I don't know, I get a little bit of a, a boost because I just had that extra recovery. And you'll have definitely have extra motivation yeah. <clears throat> you'll want to go back to the gym. Yeah. And on top of that, like also from a mental perspective from that side of things sometimes you just need a break from not i mean 
either the program you're doing or training in general. Because I know when I was strictly doing the same program over and over again, I got so tired of training that I lost the motivation to train hard. So not only was I not training hard, but I wasn't enjoying my training. So that made me want to try even like less because I was not seeing results and then it kind of all just compounds. So you have to enjoy it and work hard. Of course, it's not always going to be fun, but um, that could be another thing uh, that could that could be, that you could benefit from. So, yeah, that that was a really good question. Um, hopefully, yeah. you got some sort of answer out of that long ramble. But um, yeah, it, it's really going to depend on your specific situation. Maybe you're hitting a plateau in size, like you can't get any bigger, you know, and then you just need to eat more. Um, maybe you're hitting a plateau in strength. You just need to work on, you know, building your weaknesses. So maybe you're hitting, maybe you're trying to grow a weak area. You know, that's always a big one that a lot of people ask about. So there's some special things that you can do in that scenario, but it's kind of hard to tell without knowing specific details. But in general, just try to optimize um, your performance and figure out what the, the limiting factor is. So. That was a good question. Um, next, uh, we have my other question from Canyon, and that was tips for managing time. So I think this is one that everybody really needs um, help with because, you know, it sometimes it just doesn't seem like there's enough time in the day to get to get done what you need to get done. But I think the the truth of the matter is that we just need to optimize our time. So. What this looks like for me in the simplest way I could put it is I would say make a to-do list and then if you really want to take it one step further, I would say just block out your day and even if you're not strict with it exactly, it just kind of forces you to be a little bit more um, disciplined with with your time in the day because if you are just going, um, if you're just going with the flow of things you know you could sit down start looking at your phone and before you know it an hour and a half two hours has passed by and you know i know i'm guilty of this where i'm like wow i could have just been studying for that long or i could have been doing homework or whatever it is um so you it, it's it seems a little bit annoying that you have to schedule out your day because you know it, it's sometimes you just want to go through the day and not worry about all that stuff but I promise you, if you start scheduling it out, um, it'll help a lot with time management, even if you schedule out stuff that you wouldn't normally. So, you know, you know, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna wake up and take a shower or whatever it is, still schedule it out, get everything in pencil and paper. And then as far as just like general time management tips, um, I would say just try and get as organized as possible with whatever it is. Um, find little ways for you to save time so if that whether that's put out your clothes before you go to bed at night or meal prep or whatever it is saving 30 minutes here and there <clears throat> can really take you further in the day and, and and give you some more time to accomplish what you need to get done so that's what i would say yeah really good answer i really like this question too i've been really getting into like you know, productivity tips and stuff like that. So, 
Uh, he said it, you know, to-do list. We've been adamant about that from, for like months now. I think that's something that really helps. It's simple to do. And he also mentioned time blocking, which I just got these huge sticky notes. You guys can't see them, but uh, they're like the size of a small notepad. And I've been kind of time blocking my day on those. And, you know, all, it doesn't always go like, like, you know, strictly, you know, stuff happens, stuff pops up. It doesn't always go right on. Nolan's got them too. So, I mean, sometimes things are going to pop up. Stuff's not going to go 100% on schedule all the time. Things are going to run over time stuff like that. But I think it just helps to at least have like a general structure because chances are, I mean, if you're a college student, part of your day for you with classes. So you just kind of have to fill in the rest of the time. So I know it's easy. You know, you have all this free time to just screw around and not do what you should be doing. So I think another tip would be to look at the, the screen time on your phone. I know if you have an iPhone, you can look in the settings and go to your screen time many hours how many minutes you're spending the day on your phone and how you're spending those those minutes it'll say you spent this money you spent an hour and 20 minutes on you spent 42 minutes on instagram you can kind of assess that and you think you know when you're scrolling through your phone you just think oh it's not that long but then it adds up i mean you spend one every day like over the course of a year that's like you might spend like three or like a whole month on your phone alone it's like yeah it's good i mean gets you uh can help relax you a little bit but there's always you know you gotta have balance you gotta have that moderation so thing i was gonna say um oh i think kind of um learning to say no to some a lot of times i equate being super busy and super jam-packed with just being better and sometimes that can we're just doing all this stuff but we're not really enjoying all of it so i think it's important to be able to like you know if you taking a job you have a job offer that's you know a little bit a little bit more money but you know you're not going to like it as much learning to say no to stuff like like really important to you because i mean if you're a college student i would hope that some of your highest priorities are your grades so you need to make sure that you can't just say that that's your top priority and only study for five hours a week unless you're just like a really gifted learner. That's probably done. So knowing your priorities and allotting the, um, the amount of time you need to get the most out of those priorities, I think is also a big thing. Yeah, I agree. Very good answer. <clears throat> you got another one, French? So I got two questions from Molly Ward and favorite workout clothing brands. This is a good question, but I feel like I don't really have a good answer for it. Um, when I think of workout brands of like, uh, like Gymshark, um, Alpha Elite, like some of the really prominent brands and I don't really have any of those. I'm just Nike under armor guy mostly like i don't have any like the fitness brands partly because i think that they're really expensive and sometimes i don't their designs or maybe i don't completely agree with what they stand for or just like it's easier just to get close at the store so i usually work out in 
Under Armour. You know, I have a lot. I go to Simpson College, so I wear a lot of Simpson stuff, obviously. I like to wear that. I think that's cool. Um, I like Nolke made. Those are pretty dope. Um, I like the shirts that I get from Iowa Strength. Those are cool to support people that uh, that I'm actually close close to. So I'm hoping to get my own shirts up and going here. Those will probably be, you know, you gotta got to be your own best customer with that, support your own brand. Um, so, yeah, the stand, I think there are definitely some brands that I am, like, I'm fond of, even though I haven't, like, bought any. I'm thinking, like, um, what is it? The Get Better Today brand. I think that's a really cool, like, what the, the meaning of that and what stands behind that. I think that's super cool. Um, Renaissance Periodation, they're more known for their programs and their books and stuff like that, but they have clothing. I kind of like their logo and I really like what they stand for, so... Those are, that's what, that's what I got. What about you, Nolan? Yeah, those are all <clears throat> ones that I like too. And then specifically my favorite brand uh, for t-shirts is Rascal Apparel. Um, Omar Isaf is the owner of that. And really the designs are something that I am looking to kind of mimic in a way uh, in the future. If, if, and when I, start designing or putting out more shirts and stuff just because I love the color schemes and how they have a comedic element to them. Um, I was just talking about this uh, with my buddy Adam last night and uh, they just do a really good job, you know, with, with uh, making designs that is relevant to the fitness community, but it's nothing too serious. You know, there's a, there's a funny side of it and, and they kind of make fun of some some aspects of the fitness community, which I also like. I don't like when people take themselves too seriously. Um, so I really like theirs, their Rascal Apparel. If you guys want to check them out, definitely. They have some funny designs. Um, <clears throat> as far as like brands that everybody knows, um, I, I'm not a big Gymshark guy. I think I've always been one to kind of just go against the grain. So because I so many people wear that, I kind of just... I don't have anything necessarily against it. Like I'm sure it's good quality and stuff other than the fact that I think it's expensive. Um, I don't necessarily have any reason to not like it. I just particularly don't. Um, but yeah, I guess I wear some Nike stuff. I really just wear whatever clothes I don't want to get or I don't want to keep nice because, um, usually in the gym, uh, they kind of get, sweaty and ruined and stuff so um yeah lately i've been i've been getting a few more uh shirts and stuff from certain brands especially rascal i think i have like quite a few other tees but um really just whatever is comfortable for me and i think looks good get get better today brand i really like too um but yeah i would say those those are mine um so I also had two questions from the wife beaters. <laughs> the wife beaters, yeah. Uh, I also, also had Molly can't. Oh, can I finish? Yeah, you go. You go and first. Audio is a little lagging. Yeah, you go first. So, also Molly, the reason that I don't have any of these brands to exploit my subpar financial situation. <laughs> That's what you did there. You can go ahead now. <laughs> okay. Um, 
so Molly also asked me two questions. So shout out to Molly for the questions. Um, first one was best Super Bowl commercial. So I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really pay attention during the uh, during the commercials. Um, I caught a few of them, but I was like at a party, so I was talking with some of my friends most of the time when the commercials came on. Um, I think the one that I remember seeing. Uh, I think I saw a Cheetos one that I kind of remember. And then there was one with Ashton Kutcher in it that I thought was pretty good, but I don't really remember what was happening. Um, so I'm sorry, this is not a very good answer, but, uh, (laughs) I wasn't really paying attention during the commercials. What about you, French? Did you see any ones that you particularly liked? Well, Nolan, don't feel bad because I have an even worse answer. <laughs> you I didn't watch didn't it. I didn't watch the whole Super Bowl. I watched like the first half and then I had to do homework. Yeah, I mean, I, like, pay attention to a lot of it. So. It wasn't the yeah, most exciting game, but, you know, I don't know. There there were some good commercials. I, I uh, heard that. I'm pretty sure Budweiser didn't do a commercial this year because they wanted to put all the money that they would normally spend on a commercial into COVID vaccine yeah. awareness, um, which I thought was kind of cool of them. Um, uh, I think a few, I think maybe Pepsi or, or another company did that, um, which was surprising to me, but uh, yeah, I learned about that in my marketing class. They kind of talked about how the cost of those commercials versus like how many eyes they see, kind of interesting stuff but yeah sorry that wasn't a very good answer to your question but um that's all i got so uh next she asked molly asked pro or anti-vitamins and why so this one is a so when it comes to vitamins basically the only problem is that they're not regulated by the fda so essentially you don't know exactly what is in the bottle. Like they can say that there's going to be something on the label, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be in the bottle because it's not regulated. So my recommendation is to find a company that you trust. So for example, the one that comes to mind for me is Bear Performance Nutrition, BPN, um, because I think that the owner, Nick Bear, uh, actually cares about what he's doing and also I know that they're third party tested, which kind of helps, but again, it doesn't guarantee that exactly what's going to be in the bot, uh, that exactly what's on the label is going to be in the bottle. But for the most part, I would say I'm pro, uh, vitamin and this just goes for supplements in general. Um, but I would say that if there's something that you're specifically deficient in, I would definitely recommend taking one, um, But like, for example, I personally take fish oil and vitamin D. um, And, you know, I've in the past, I've taken magnesium and zinc. Um, Then, you know, I take other supplements like creatine and stuff. But uh, like I said, it's not a guarantee. That's the only reason I would be against vitamins, but I'm really not. I just, I just think you have to be cognizant of the fact that there's a chance that you know, they could be putting other stuff in, which has happened in the past, especially with stuff like pre-workout where they'd have to take it off the shelves because, you know, there's some ingredient in it that is bad for you. But just keep that in mind. Um, 
a multivitamin is kind of like a insurance policy. It kind of um, covers a lot of stuff. You know, I've heard that it sometimes is not as easily digestible because there's so many, there's so much in it. Um, and then, you know, if they're water soluble vitamins, then you'll just pee them out. But, um, essentially I would recommend, um, trying to get as much nutrients from your diet, your whole food diet as you can, and then turn to supplements after that. But I, I think there's definitely a time and place. And if you do your research, um, you can find specific supplements that can be very beneficial. Uh, just do your research with it because sometimes you don't really need to take it. And, you know, it's questionable whether or not, depending on the brand you get, whether or not you're actually getting what it says it has in it. So just be weary of it and and do your research. That's what I would say. What, what do you think, French? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, the same way as Nolan. Um, supplements are just that. They're there to supplement a good a good diet and healthy lifestyle. I think at the most you'll probably see maybe a 5% improvement. It's not going to make or break you. Uh, a lot of the times the supplements that, that you take, you might not even notice that big of a difference. So, uh, yeah, definitely, I would say definitely do your research. I um, My favorite resource as far as that goes is a website called examine.com. Um, it was created by, I believe, a doctor, and they, they do scientific studies on all this stuff. Mainly, I don't know if they do a whole lot of like supplements, but they do like individual ingredients, which I really like. And they're not affiliated with any particular supplement company. They don't sell any supplements um, studies, and they come out with like a an overall grading of what it does, what it says it does, if it actually does that or not. So that's probably my favorite resource. Another one is called Sumer Labs. That's one where you can actually like look up the specific brand and like the specific supplement and they'll do like a non-biased review on that. Um, that's another really good one. So yeah, I pretty much, I take fish oil and vitamin D like just like Nolan. Um, fish oil just because I don't really eat a lot of fish. Vitamin D because in the winter months especially, you're not really getting a whole lot of sun, especially if you live in the Midwest. Uh, multivitamins are definitely extra vitamins but i don't really take one just because i feel like i ate a pretty well balanced diet and i mean if you're just overloading your body with all those vitamins you're just gonna have expensive piss at the end of the day and nobody wants that nobody wants to just be pissing their money away and then as far as uh labels go i would say when you look at an ingredient label it can be kind of kind of confusing sometimes but i would stay away from proprietary blends if you could what a proprietary blend is is basically Let's see, I think I got a thing of pre-workout right here. So supplement companies will keep that thing on you. Listing out the exact um the exact got some nitroflex here, but uh instead of just listing out the exact amount of each ingredient and just listing it, which would be the easiest for consumers like us to read, they will call it some a proprietary blend or this is actually a proprietary blend too, so I'm kind of a hypocrite. But uh what are they calling it here? Intraflex proprioceutical blend. They call it something fancy like test booster pump, uh, complex five thousand or something fancy to make you think that it's some revolutionary thing that's gonna change your life. And what they'll do is they'll give the, the amount of milligrams in the whole blend, but they'll tell you what you know if there's a lot of this and a little bit of that and in between on this ingredient. And a lot of times what they do because they want to save money and make the most is 
they'll give you a lot of the stuff that really doesn't do anything for you and very little of the of the actual effective stuff. So I think caffeine, they have to tell you how much caffeine is in there, but like all like, you know, citrulline, L-arginine, I'm just looking at all these, you know, beta alanine, you know, they might just load it up with the fillers and crap that doesn't really do anything for you and skimp on the good stuff. So I would stay away from those if you could. And yeah, just, just research. Um, it's kind of, I wouldn't say risky, but I mean, if you're, if you're younger, definitely maybe like, maybe like check with your doctor before. I know my parents were like really skeptical when I wanted to start taking supplements. Uh, got a few stories about that, but uh, yeah, just do your research. Be safe. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so I guess I'll go into my next one. I have two more. Um, Peyton asked me advice for trusting your training, being impatient, etc. So definitely been here before. I really just, it's, it's really frustrating, especially like we talked about before when you, when you start hitting plateaus or you don't really know where you're going, it can be very frustrating, especially when you care deeply about, about your performance and, uh, and it, it's a big part of your life because I know that it is for both of us, but I would say that um, you have to start by remembering what your goal is and why you created that goal. So um, if you are not trusting your training because it's really difficult, you know, that's one thing. Um, you just have to keep your goals in mind and, and, and persevere. But if you're not trusting your training because you're not seeing results, that's a different thing. And I would say that is a little bit more complicated because like we talked about with plateaus, there's so many different variables. Um, but it doesn't hurt to, to ask, you know, if, if you need help with something to ask someone, you know, I know that's sometimes people don't want to do that, especially like you might be thinking, oh, I don't want to have to pay someone for a program or for training or whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. You can do your research or ask either one of us or anybody. You know, a lot of people are willing to help. Just ask them a question about something specific um, because I know there's a lot of in intimidation in gyms and stuff and in the fitness community. But really, we're all in this to get better, to improve upon ourselves. So um, I think most people hopefully will be willing to help. So if in terms of just being patient, impatient, um, I've been there before too. A lot of times when I don't enjoy a particular part of a program or the program in general, or I really want um, to do something else, <clears throat> I can start to get impatient and then start rushing my training or just not wanting to train. I, I don't look forward to training and that kind of takes away the whole purpose of it. So you kind of just have to look at the bigger picture of things um, and, and evaluate whether or not what you're doing now is, is the best course of action. Because if it's been a week and you don't like your training, then that's one thing. But if, you're, if you've been doing something for six weeks, you know, 10 weeks, whatever, and you just don't feel like it's going anywhere, then maybe you can start looking at some alternatives. Um, and if you feel like maybe you've been plateauing for a long term, for a long time, you know, there was a time when I felt like, 
God, I'm just never going to get bigger. I just felt like I was stuck looking at the same size. And when it comes to stuff like that, you just have to kind of remember that hopefully you're, you're in the mindset of I'm going to be exercising for a long period of time, you know, probably most of my life. So you have a long time for this, for these goals to achieve these goals or, or to look a certain way. So one, I would just remember that it's a process. It's going to be a long time. Uh, two, I would remember that you're a lot better than you were when you started. You know, um, a lot of times when you look in the mirror every day or, um, you know, you just lift every single day, um, you get used to seeing yourself and you don't really think you're progressing that much. But if you take time to actually look back at how far you've come, it's it's can sometimes be very uh, gratifying and motivating. Um, and I think certain people will always have, I know some people have body image issues. Um, I can kind of see that because sometimes no matter how much bigger I've gotten, I just look in the mirror and see the same little scrawny kid who started. Um, but so there is some of that, but um, it just takes, you know, looking back and seeing how far you've come and trusting that, um, that you're going to get to a place. I know sometimes I wish I would have gotten, gotten to a spot sooner than uh, I did, but that's all part of it. And, you know, you kind of have to shake hands with who you are. Um, not everybody's going to be Mr. Olympia or, you know, a top powerlifter, top strongman, whatever it is, um, overnight. And <clears throat> that can kind of be uh, frustrating at times, especially. But just remember, don't compare yourself to other people. Uh, this is a journey for you, and, and you really just need to focus on doing what you can um, today and then tomorrow don't really worry about um you know months down the line um, because that that can kind of get get you to lose motivation so it's hard i know it's easier said than done so you know maybe this this helped maybe it won't but um just keep that in mind and and uh keep pushing because you know you're working for yourself so you you deserve to to improve for yourself you owe it to yourself so just, just keep that in mind, I would say. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, I would just say, you know, if you're having trouble slogging through a week or two of training, just kind of remember remember why you started. Remember your, your why, as Simon Sinek would say. Um, you know, hopefully you're beginning that program or that training block with an end goal in mind, but also not, not just thinking about the result, thinking about, you know, enjoying the process and falling in love with the process you know um if you read the book like chop wood carry water it, it talks a lot about like focusing more on the process of actually doing something great and getting better at something as opposed to just the end result because if you can't get through the process and just say like oh like like you're only envisioning yourself at the end like you got to be able to you know get through put in the time you got to be able to you know, enjoy the process. So as far as comparing yourself to others, you know, I think I, I definitely do this a good amount. I'm pretty competitive in a lot of stuff, which is a blessing and a curse. One, it kind of motivates me to do better, but at the same time, it's like, there's only one person that's the best in the world at something. So 
it's just like i mean you could strive and strive and like pretty much like kill yourself trying to be the best in the world at something and still like i mean as, as far as like bodybuilding is concerned it's like very subjective anyway so you could still fall short so i think coming to terms that you just become the best version of yourself and knowing that i mean that's the best i mean that's like the best thing you could do for yourself honestly is just improving as long as you're happy maybe your goals today will be very different from your goals five ten years down the road and that's okay i think whatever you're feeling at that point is what you should pursue because you definitely want to i mean obviously working out is going to get tough at some point but you want to overall enjoy what you're doing and enjoy the process that's about all i got for that one yeah no that was good um <clears throat> like i said earlier it's easier said than done, but um, just try and keep that mindset and and especially on days when you're feeling down, just look at how far you've come and and think about the the goals you have in mind. Um, so yeah, uh, next I got a question from Carter. Shout out Carter Bogus. He asks, why is it so hard to stay on track of your diet plan and not have any cheat days? So this is a big question, right? This is, this is what a lot of people ask. A lot of people, I would say the majority of people seeking out fitness advice probably have a question about weight loss. Um, and it's been said a million different ways, but I just want to keep it as simple as possible. Um, I've spoken to a few people about this. Um, when it comes to diet in specifics, uh, 99% of diets don't work. Um, and most people do what's referred to as yo-yo dieting. So they'll go into a diet, go super cons- or go super crazy into it, not maintainable at all, extreme, completely cut out uh, certain foods or whatever, um, go really hard. And let's say you know most people don't even get that far. Most people quit after a few days, but let's say they do this diet and they lose weight that's all great. But the yo-yo effect always, always comes back. And because that diet was so extreme, they can't maintain that. And right after they lose all that weight, they put it right back on. So that's the yo-yo effect of dieting. That's why most diets don't work. Um, and so that's why I don't want people to look at diets like most people think of them. Most people think of the word diet and they think of, okay, I got to I can only eat these foods. These foods are bad. I don't even get to eat that much. You know, that's what most people think of when it comes to dieting. And to a certain extent, you do have to limit yourself. You do have to cut out certain foods, um, but but not indefinitely. So what I like to, t- to tell people is there's no point in doing a diet if you're not going to be able to maintain it. You shouldn't think of a diet as something that you're going to do for the next six months. You should think of a diet as your meal plan, your nutrition. So when it comes to dieting, I recommend two huge things. One, start slow. Whatever whatever you're doing, start super slow because eating healthy is hard. I like there's too many tasty foods out there for it to be easy. You know, even people who you know naturally eat really well still have their favorite foods. So there's going to be times where no matter what, it's it's going to be hard. So I want you to start slow. Otherwise, you'll never stick with it. And two, I just want 
you to have a healthy relationship with food. That's the only two things I ask. Because if you are strict with your diet and you do everything right, but you have an unhealthy relationship with food, eventually you're not going to maintain the diet because you're going to feel, make yourself feel guilty. And there's just no, that's no way to live. So start small. What I would recommend doing, this is just my, my recommendation is I would download my fitness pal. It's an app and track your food for two days, two or three days max. So track everything you eat. You know, you can even scan the barcodes of whatever it is you're eating, type it in. They have a huge database. You can find all these foods. And that's basically going to give you an average number of how many calories you are eating per day. And then you're going to want to find your maintenance level. So your resting metabolic rate, um, how many calories you need just to maintain um, your activity level, right? So however active you are, your body naturally just burns this many calories based on your height, weight, all this stuff. So you can find that online. And then you're going to compare that to how many calories you're eating on average, right? How many calories you you tracked in that MyFitnessPal, right? Um, and no matter what that number is, I don't want you to go, start going crazy and eating nothing. I just want you to take, start eating consistently, whatever that means, whether that is increasing, eating more calories than you just tracked or eating less. Start eating consistently, as consistent as you can with, with being able to, you know, keep things exciting, you know, not just eating the same meal so that you hate it and go crazy. So start eating fairly consistently, meaning, you know, eat somewhat balanced, try and eat at the same time, and then just take 250 calories off of what you're eating on average and try and stick around that number for two to three weeks and see how that is. Um, and I'm not saying you have to track every day, but as soon as you start getting a feel for, for what you're eating, you know, kind of on average, how many you're eating, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can track those calories once or twice a week or once or twice every other week. But, um, from there, once you feel like you can maintain that, I would drop another 250 calories. Once you're, once you're eating less than 500 calories of your maintenance level, you're going to be on track to lose about a pound a week. So however long that takes, um, you know, what we just want to make sure that you're going to be able to maintain it. Right. So basically you're going to need to eat less calories than you consume or sorry, burn more calories than you consume. So that's the only way you can lose weight. So it's all about calories in versus calories out. So you need to get it to a point to where that resting metabolic rate or sorry, basal metabolic rate, whatever you want to call it. Um, you're burning more calories than you're consuming. So, um, that's, that's going to be the only way you can lose weight. And I would just start slow, no matter where you're at, no matter how many calories you're eating now, just slowly eat, take off, you know, 250 calories at a time. Um, and one way you can look at it is, let's say you have been taking out calories, removing calories from your diet um, for a few weeks now and you feel like, oh, I'm just hungry all the time. What you can do instead is instead of decreasing your calories, you can increase your activity level. 
So whether you're having problems, if you, so to be, to make it simple, if you're feel like you're hungry all the time, I would increase your activity level. But if you feel like, Oh, I've been working out really hard and I don't have time to work out longer, start decreasing your calories. You have to do either or cause you're going to, you, you're going to want to burn more calories. Um, so that, that's the simplest way I can put it. Um, it's really hard to stay on top of diets. I get it. But basically, you're just going to want to start slow and do what you can maintain. Because otherwise, right, there's no point in doing it. There's no point in doing a diet for two months if you know you're just going to go back to eating the way that you normally do. So don't feel guilty for eating certain foods. You can still eat the foods you like um, just as long as you're not continuously shoving your face full, full of all these calories and at the end of the day, it just comes down to calories in versus calories out. So if you can calculate how many calories your body naturally burns and then how much you're eating, that'll give you a number that you can shoot for because you want to be burning more calories than you consume. And yeah, that's basically the simplest way I can put it. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I would say... You know, when people talk about being on a diet, like you can't think of a diet as being on one because that it implies that there will be a day where you'll be off the diet. And if that just implies that you're doing it for a set amount of time. And when that set amount of time is over, you're going to go back to your old habits. And what's what's really the point of that? Who wants to do a diet just to look good for a very little, a short amount of time and then go back to their old ways and go back to their old body? The only situation I can really think of that is like a, like a bodybuilder. I mean, they literally prep for months on end for one specific day, but that's, that's a pretty special circumstance. So when I think of diet, I think of like a, my diet is what I eat. Like I'm not on a diet. I'm not off a diet. My diet is just, you know, the food I intake, that's my diet. And I have to assess that and be like, Oh, I need to improve my diet. You know, if I want to lose weight, I need to make some adjustments. If I want to gain weight, I need to make different adjustments. So I would, I would focus more on making it a lifestyle because if you're always on diets, then I mean, you're just going to be always looking forward to that day where you're off it and it's not going to be sustainable. So adherence is definitely the number one thing for, for any type of uh, nutrition plan, eating plan. So stick to something that you can continuously do throughout your life. Obviously, maybe if, you know, if you're prepping for a show or something like that, you might need to restrict a little more. But I think everything in moderation can be done. Um, if you know there's foods that are like it's like a trigger food for you that you just can't keep your hands off, um, I would recommend just not keeping it in your house until you can you know handle yourself around it. Because I mean, if you have a really bad problem with like every time you buy Oreos, you eat like you eat the whole thing in like three days, probably be pretty smart to just not buy Oreos. That way, you don't have the temptation. That way there's more of a barrier. I mean, you have to drive to the store. And I mean, if you do that, I guess you really wanted those freaking Oreos, but you kind of put a barrier between yourself and the thing that's kind of holding you back. Um, if you don't want to track calories, I think that is probably the most accurate way to do it. I would say just look at your portion sizes and look at, you know, the structure of your plate at meals. You know, um, you know, when we were growing up, we had the food pyramid, 
and they figured out that that was kind of not super accurate, so they came up with my plate. And I think my plate's actually a pretty good representation of what a good balanced diet is. I mean, what do they say? Like half your half your plate should be like fruits and vegetables, and then another part should be whole grains, and then a lean protein, and then dairy. So a quick tip I would give you is have a fruit and or a vegetable with every single meal or snack. No, it's not that hard. Just throw in a banana with your, your breakfast or have a little side salad with your lunch. Those are going to be things that are nutritious for you. You know, vegetables are very nutrient-dense, which means they have a lot of nutrients in them, but they're not very calorie-dense. So you get a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, they fill you up pretty well. Fruit, it's something you can you know use to curb your sweet tooth. So that natural sugar is a little bit better than the, the processed stuff that you find in Twinkies and Ho-Hos. So um, I would also look at, you know, what kind of what you're drinking. I know a lot of people think that they're eating really well when they might be, but they're drinking a lot of their calories. Maybe they're having some sugar-laden coffee drink that is closer to a milkshake than it is to a cup of coffee. So uh, assess that. Drink more water. Drink a little less pop. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to be disciplined. It's not easy. I mean, I like to eat healthy, but, I mean, I like all the foods that everyone else likes. It's like, I like sweets. I like to eat at restaurants. I like to eat fast food, stuff like that. But I just know that it's not worth it, you know, for the results I want. I mean, I'd rather have a good, healthy body than, and be able to enjoy those things from time to time still rather than just indulge all the time and sacrifice my health so you gotta i don't know there's a you gotta make a commitment honestly it's not you know i can't give you a hack besides those little tips that would hopefully be helpful to you but at the end of the day it just comes down to willpower and not beating yourself up about it too i mean it's just food <laughs> at the end of the day like i would say eat to live not live to eat that's another good one if you're struggling with like a bad relationship with food some people you know and this is serious stuff so like i mean if you need to talk to someone about it i would definitely do that so i know there's some people that whether it just be like life stressors or maybe they just don't have a lot of joy in their life that they just kind of turn to food when stuff goes wrong and they're more like you know that's like that's like the main source of happiness in their life instead of just you know thinking of it as a way to fuel your body you know it's a necessary thing in life you have to fuel your body you wouldn't put you know regular gas in a diesel engine would you no that would ruin it it wouldn't run very well so that's kind of what i think about when i'm you know if you eat fast food constantly it's like putting regular fuel in a diesel engine you're i mean it might run and it might run for a while but eventually you're gonna start feeling crappy you're not gonna be able to perform as well and you're gonna crash at the end of the day yeah, that was all really, really good tips. Um, I would say, uh, again, just to reiterate, just keep it simple. And um, like French said, don't beat yourself up about, you know, going off of, of what you know you should is considered healthy eating. So that's another thing. Like if you slip up on your diet, good. Gives you a chance to get better. Start, you know, like French said, trying to set up those barriers so that, you know, you won't let it happen again because it's fine. Like whatever you consider, like, I guess you could say a cheat day or a cheat meal. Um, it's fine. If you have that, 
because you want to be human too. You want to enjoy your life. Um, it's just in moderation, you know, you, you should know when, and you know, like it's obvious, you know, you shouldn't be eating dessert every single night. Um, so it's just a matter of finding, finding those. It's just a matter of finding that balance. So you really just need to get used to eating consistently and balanced and then, um, slowly improve upon things from there. Um, and you know, this is a lot to throw at you at once and diet is complex for everybody. So, um, it is kind of hard for us to, to kind of just, um, give these tips, but if you have any more specific questions or you want to, um, go through stuff more specifically, you can ask us, but, but yeah, I would just start, um, by trying to eat consistently balanced and, uh, and then, and then work up from there and, and start getting a little bit more detailed with stuff. But, um, yeah, that, that was, that was the diet thing. Um, like I said, that's pretty comp complex and a lot of people struggle with that. So don't beat yourself up on that. And, uh, hopefully this helped a little bit, but French, yeah. you got any more questions? Yeah, I got one more. And, uh, just to kind of end on that last point, I wouldn't even call it like a cheat day or a cheat meal. Cause I mean, that just gives it kind of a negative connotation. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, what are you cheating on? Like what you got like infidelity with the food you're eating? Like it's just food, man. Like, yeah, I would call it like a free meal or just like, I'm just going to have a cheeseburger cause I want a cheeseburger and I haven't had one for a while. And I've been really good on my nutrition. Like, cause if you get, you call it like a cheat meal, it's like, I don't know. Cheating just has a negative connotation in pretty much every sense. So you got to set yourself up for uh, success with that, with positive wording as well. So one last question, and this one is also from Molly. So shout out Malls. Um, this is probably my favorite one just because I think it's a little bit funny. Uh, thoughts on alternative milks. <laughs> so by alternative milks, I'm thinking... You know, I think the main milk people drink is obviously cow's milk. So I'm thinking alternatives would be almond milk, soy milk. Um, I think they make oat milk now. Um, there's goat's milk. I don't really see that around here. I guess there's human milk too. I guess everyone, most people drink that at some point in their life, but not really past age one or two, I'm assuming. So my thoughts on alternative milks are, I mean, I'm cool with them. I mean, I, I mainly drink either cow's milk or sometimes I'll drink almond milk because I think um, I think if I have a lot of dairy, it tends to kind of make me uh, break out a little bit. So that's just one easy swap that I can make that can help me reduce the amount of dairy that I'm consuming. And a lot of times I don't just drink. If I drink milk by itself, it's usually chocolate milk. If I'm having white milk, it's usually because I'm adding it to oatmeal or a protein shake. So when I have it in those things, I can't really tell the difference. Um, I know there's like lactose-free milk too for people that are lactose intolerant. So that's definitely good. I mean, like almond milk and all those other alternatives are good if you have, you know, an allergy or an intolerance to something. Other than that, I haven't really done a whole lot of research on them. You know, some people probably think that they're bad, one's better and one's worse. But really, I think it's just personal preference. I know the alternatives can get a little bit more expensive as well. I know almond milk is uh, is more expensive than just the regular cow's milk, as well as um, 
some of the other you know, alternatives like soy, oat, lactate, like the lactose-free milk. So just really just personal preference, your budget, your, um, yeah, that's all I really got to say about that. <clears throat> yeah, I think it, it kind of just comes down to how you react to it, right? So some people, I know dairy is a big one for people, like some people it really upsets them. Some people, like you said, um, kind of brings out their acne and, and, and some people um, bloat from it, you know, whatever, whatever the case is. I personally have responded, like I've always drank milk. We drank milk all the time in our household. Um, I don't really even notice a difference between, you know, the different percentages or, or whatever. I started drinking whole milk in college just because it was more calories for me. You know, if you're trying to gain weight, I think milk is, is a great one for that. You can really, really add on calories um, with each meal. You know, I usually drink milk with each meal. Me and my roommate drink about three gallons of milk um, each of us a week. So I like milk. Uh, I just drink cow's milk. But as far as alternatives go, I don't see why not. You know, if, if especially, you know, when it comes to something like stomach comfort or or, you know, whatever that is, if you have to do something, um, do it because there's no point in eating if it's just going to upset your stomach. Uh, for a while I was, I was just getting an upset stomach for no reason, or I couldn't figure it out why. And I kind of through trial and error figured out that I wasn't getting enough probiotics. And so now I eat yogurt every morning when I get up, um, with probiotics in it, because, it just helps my stomach feel better. And, and I think gut health is very important. And when I don't eat it, I definitely notice it. Um, you know, maybe it's in my head, but I, I definitely feel like I'll either have some stomach issues or I'll just feel a little lethargic. So same thing goes for milk. If you're finding that cow's milk upsets your stomach, but oat milk, um, you're fine with, and, uh, you like drinking milk, you know, for whatever reason, whether you it's a good source of protein or you just like the way it tastes and yeah, I'd say go for it. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all my opinion is on that. I don't really have any experience with it further. So. Yeah. And I guess if you want to throw in flavored milks, uh, chocolate milk is delicious. Yeah. Strawberry milk is also delicious. So big fan of those. Oh, I never drank strawberry milk as a kid. Oh, we always had those options yeah. in elementary. <laughs> oh, I always thought it was sick. And people would do that. Okay, it's a funny story. When I went to Australia with my mom, way back when I was in like middle school, they had like, so they had like the regular, just regular milk, chocolate milk, strawberry milk, but then they had like some, they had like banana milk and like chocolate banana milk and like hazelnut milk, like these exotic ass milks, like, <laughs> flavors. It was literally like yellow milk and it was banana flavored. What the hell? So. Yeah, get you some of that. I think they have cashew milk too. I wonder if they're gonna make a peanut milk. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's all our questions. Um, thanks to everybody who submitted stuff. We really appreciate it. it. Gives us something to talk about, and hopefully, you can take something from it. Um, I really like answering these. I don't know about you, French, but probably yeah. do a few more of these in the future. Hopefully uh, get some more responses and, and we can help some of you out. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you have any specific topics you want us to discuss, please let us know. 
we plan on having some more guests on. We know you guys like the guests and uh, hopefully doing stuff like this, doing the Q and a can kind of be helpful to you guys um, specifically help you guys with whatever it is um, you need help with. So thank you for listening to this episode and catch you in our next one. Peace. Peace.